when you're starting in something, there's two pieces to the puzzle. It's mastering your craft, but then also figuring out how the heck to run a business. This is Debbie, and welcome to another episode of The Offbeat Life, where I speak to inspiring individuals who ditched the norm to become location independent. We'll learn how to create sustainable laptop lifestyles from the experts that will help us achieve freedom from our nine to five. Hey friend, are you looking to land a remote gig ASAP? Well, did you know that we not only have a ton of online jobs you can apply to on our site, but now we are also sending them straight to your inbox. I'm happy to announce that we will be sending our email subscribers legit online jobs every Wednesday. We have done hours of research so you don't have to. If you want to be the first one to hear about the remote gigs we find, go to theoffbeatlife.com to subscribe. On this episode, I speak with Chelsea, who is a brand designer, strategist, and coach for holistic-minded female founders. She works one-on-one with women on designing and growing their brand in a way that feels good so that it reflects her values and personality. When she's not designing in a cafe or co-working space, she's hanging out with her two rescue dogs and partner on the beach in beautiful Bali, Indonesia. So listen on to find out how Chelsea has been able to design and grow brands for other female entrepreneurs. Hey everyone, I'm super excited to be here with Chelsea today. Hey Chelsea, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Debbie. How are you? I am wonderful. Can you tell us a little bit more about you, Chelsea, and why you live an offbeat life? Hi, everyone. I'm Chelsea. So I'm actually based in Bali, Indonesia full-time. And I've been there full-time for about a year. I live there with my two rescue dogs and my partner. And I work online. I run a small design studio. So I do branding and brand strategy with female founders. Wonderful. So that sounds really exciting for you. How did you actually become a designer, a brand designer, specifically for female designers? Was that something that you automatically went into or it just happened? Yeah. So it's something that definitely evolved over the years. So in 2017, I was graduating from university and I did not take design in university. And it was sort of time to start looking for jobs. And I was hearing more and more about people who were working online and living abroad. And that just sounded so much more appealing to me. So I kind of decided that that's what I was going to do. So I started taking design courses online and like, I wasn't expecting to fall in love with it as much as I did. So I started off just doing sort of any kind of design and then building my portfolio in that way. And then, yeah, it just built from there, building my website, my Instagram, and yeah, starting with small projects and then working up and realizing what I liked and what I was good at. And then, yeah, that definitely turned into more of a a niche for me. 
I love hearing people talk about their beginnings because most of the time, a lot of people look at someone like you, Chelsea, and say, oh my gosh, she's already such an expert. How can I be like that? And it's interesting because everybody starts at the beginning knowing nothing and it's just figuring it out and really understanding what you're also interested in in order to keep going with that business. So is there a lot of challenges for you, Chelsea, to figure all of this stuff out? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, totally. Like it, it has not been a walk in the park and like, it's still not obviously in the beginning I was learning design and mastering the craft of design. And then I was like, okay, you know, I've got this piece of it and now I need to figure out how the heck to run a business. Like I don't have a business degree. I don't know what the heck I'm doing. I don't know how to work with clients. So it's like when you're starting in something, there's two pieces to the puzzle, you know, it's, it's mastering your craft, but then also figuring out how the heck to run a business. Were there any specific resources that you actually used in order to help you start your own business or learn to become a better designer? Yes. So I'm going to say up until like this year, the business part of it was very much trial and error. But in terms of learning design, when I was first starting out and wanting to learn the basics, I took, you guys might have heard of the Bucket List Bombshells Design Skills course. Yes. Yeah. So they're awesome. And they teach you the basics in super plain English language that you can understand. So that's what like really got me feeling like, oh my gosh, I love this. I'm good at this. I can do this. And then from there, it was more taking like more specified courses on platforms like Linda and stuff like that. And then I also really love the YouTube channel called The Future. It's run by Chris Doe and he's a super, super successful designer. He had a huge agency and he does a lot of amazing free teaching on YouTube. And then in terms of my business, like I said, it's been a lot of trial and error, just yeah, getting help from friends along the way and little pushes from friends to, you know, keep going. And then this past year, I started working with a coach, which has been incredible for me. And I wish that I had done it sooner. <laughs> Getting a coach can definitely be a game changer for a lot of people, but you definitely have to find the right one. How did you make sure that you chose the right person to start coaching you? Because there's a lot of people out there that may not be as reputable as others. Yeah. So it's somebody that I had been like following for a really long time. And I feel like when you're choosing your coach, you have to make sure that just kind of like when you're choosing your friends, like you just kind of have that click, you know? So hopefully you're getting to know them in their content that they're putting out and, you know, they are offering you value in their content. My coach has a podcast that even though we're working together one-on-one, -on -one, like I religiously listen to her podcast and for me, she was also a really great choice because she used to be a super successful designer and now she's transitioned into business and mindset coaching. So yeah, it was definitely just feeling sort of that click. So I'd say like if you are wanting to get a coach, it's not something that you need to rush into. Like make sure that you feel good about the person. When you finally decided, Chelsea, that you wanted to do this full time and you wanted to create your business and make it more sustainable. How did you prepare to make that big change? So my story is like 
very different to most people's story in that. So like I said, I graduated university and I decided that I wanted to move abroad. So I basically saved up a bunch of money, sold all my stuff in Canada, booked a one-way ticket to Bali. And while I was there, I went really, really hard on learning design like a crazy person because I would be like next to the pool in Bali, just like learning design for like 10 hours a day. After my two months in Bali, I decided to move to Chiang Mai, Thailand, which is known for being like a a digital nomad sort of hotspot. It's a little bit cheaper than Bali. So I moved there to sort of hunker down and the cost of living was like a really helpful factor in that. So for me, the transition into going full time was just that I sort of made that decision and there wasn't even like, I did have a backup plan. I had planned to, if I couldn't make it work, go to Australia and do a working holiday visa. I even like bought the visa and everything. And I was like, okay, if this doesn't work, I'll go to Australia. But I think it was just a matter of like wanting it so bad in that, in the first few months of Thailand that I was like, you know, Australia is not even an option. This is what I want. So yeah, it didn't happen quickly. And I was lucky that I had saved up money and, you know, sold all my stuff. So yeah, that's sort of the story of the transition to full time. <laughs> when you sold everything, saved up all of this money and you landed in Asia and you're trying to figure out what you're going to do with yourself. Did you have a what now moment? And what was that like? Yeah, I did because I knew that I wanted this thing really bad, like I said. And I knew that I really liked design and basically what happened was I went to a talk at Dojo, which is a co-working space in Bali. And it was like a bunch of female founders talking about their experience. And I was like, this is going to be really good for me because, you know, this is what I want to do. And Cassie, who's the co-owner of the Bucketless Bombshells, I was talking about their program before. She was speaking at the event and hearing her speak and hearing her story and her talking about her courses in like a super genuine like human way I was like oh my gosh I need to take this course because it was something that I had seen just on like a Facebook ad many Facebook ads before yeah just seeing her in person speak felt like the sign from the universe of like okay Chelsea like you know this is what you do now <laughs> I love that. I love those moments of clarity that you have. And I'm sure that was such an exciting time for you. Yeah, it was exciting. I think that a lot of my friends, all of my friends in Canada thought that I was crazy. Like, you know, Chelsea, what are you doing? You just got your degree and you're selling all your stuff and you don't know what you're going to do. And I was kind of like, yeah, but you know, when you just like feel called to do something and it just feels right like it didn't really feel scary because I just felt like I was on the right path for me <laughs> and it's something that you had made a decision for yourself you know you're not following another person's decree on how you should live your life so that's always the best part of all of this totally and I think like throughout my degree in university like I'm glad that I went to school and I enjoyed what I studied, but it never felt like I had that click of like, 
what do I want to say? Just like feeling super passionate. And like I said before, like I was on the right path, like it never clicked for me. So when I found design, it just felt like coming home, you know, like, oh, like this is how it's supposed to be. And it, it, that's why it spiraled, I guess, relatively quickly, because it was just like, oh, this is what I meant to be doing. Thank goodness I found it. <laughs> That's the beauty about travel too and really learning in the real world because that's where it really comes down to. You know, a lot of things that we learn in school, more than half of that or even 80% of it doesn't really apply to the real world. It's when you're actually thrown out there and you realize, oh my gosh, this is so different from the classroom. And it's also not something I thought I wanted, or maybe it's something different. So it's very interesting once you finally get out there. Yeah, totally. And, you know, I think that the whole like digital nomad culture is pretty recent. Like it's obviously blown up within the past few years, but it's definitely not something that you're learning is an option when you're in high school or university. It's like, no, no, no. Like you do your classes, you, you graduate, and then you go and do your government or corporate job. And it's like, it actually doesn't have to be that way. It has now, especially because everyone's in lockdown, it's become the new normal and even the new stability for a lot of people because then, you know, having a nine to five is more stable. But now having multiple streams of income, being able to work for yourself has become actually more stable. So it's ironic how things have turned the other way. <laughs> no, that's so true. And um I was saying to my dad, who I'm staying with, like, holy moly, I'm so thankful for my past self for, you know, deciding to take that crazy leap that everybody thought was insane. But now I'm so because all of my friends have been laid off, right? Like, I just feel so fortunate to have a business that can keep running right now. And I almost feel like for myself and for my clients who are already online, we almost have this sense of like, duty on our shoulders to lead the rest of the world who's interested in coming into this space and you know helping other people get here because it's looking like this is sort of the way of the future and the more secure career type to be in with the current climate which is really exciting for somebody like you and a lot of the people that I talk to because you do have a lot of explaining to do when you first start this type of lifestyle. And a, a lot of people are definitely understanding why you were drawn into this. Yeah, totally. <laughs> so let's go back to when you were starting your business and you decided that this was it and you're about to obviously one of the main things that we want is to make it more sustainable and profitable how did you land your first client so my very very first client was a friend of mine who saw the work that I was posting on Instagram and he was like I really appreciate him because he like really believed in me and he was like I think you're doing good things and he was like you know can you make a logo for me and I was like oh my gosh yes best thing ever so I don't know if that counts as like a real client because it was my friend. And then my second client was from just like a random Facebook group. And then after that, it's primarily been like leads from Instagram. That's like my main thing now. But at the beginning, it was definitely more like 
scrappy and seeking out clients for myself. I did a lot of like cold emailing and DMs. I faced a lot of rejection, which is something that you have to get used to, you know, when you're in the first couple years of your business. So let's go back to when you mentioned you were getting leads from Instagram. Now, a lot of people think Instagram is just to show pretty pictures. (laughs) And a lot of people are confused about how you can actually turn your audience on Instagram into a client. How do you usually go about that? What is your system to turning an audience or a follower into an actual paying client? Yeah, so the answer now is a little bit different to what I would have said to you, you know, a year ago, because I think that when I first started online, I was pretty lucky in that the design community wasn't as blown up as it is now. So I was able to get established. So in the past, I was just basically posting my work And posting, you know, personal projects that reflected the type of work that the brands that I would like to work with would enjoy, if that makes sense. And sometimes I would reach out, but I did get into a flow where people were just reaching out to me because they liked my work. I'm not going to say that that's like a super sustainable way of doing things. So now I have a little bit better of a system in place, which also goes hand in hand with, you know, working with my coach and learning actual strategies. So now my whole business model is basically built off of giving my audience free value and free advice and tips. So if you go into my Instagram feed, you'll see that almost every post, you know, I'm talking about something that my audience can apply to their own business, or I'm telling a personal story because now I'm really wanting to connect with my audience on a personal level because something that I teach to my clients is that people like to buy from people. So they want to see the person behind the brand. So um, yeah, my strategies definitely shifted over the years. <laughs> it definitely is changing every time because you learn more and more as you grow. And you also change those strategies because a lot of them doesn't work. You know, you have to really make a ton of mistakes and you have to pivot quite a few times before it really sticks. Yeah, totally. I mean, even in my first year, I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like, you know, people want to work with me just from seeing my work on Instagram, which was awesome. But like I said, it's it's not necessarily the most sustainable thing. Like having an actual marketing plan is definitely a good idea if you want to be running a business that supports you long term and, you know, scaling and building and all that fun stuff. Aside from getting your clients on Instagram, do you have other marketing strategies that you use that have been super helpful for you? For me, like I really try to focus on one thing and like do it really well. So Definitely my main thing has been Instagram, but I don't necessarily think that's the solution for everybody. A lot of other designers are like super successful on Pinterest. So that's something that I've dabbled in. And then otherwise, Facebook groups have been pretty kind to me. So that's a matter of being active in the Facebook groups that your ideal client is active in. And again, showing up and giving free value and advice and, you know, jumping on any opportunities where somebody's looking for somebody in your field. 
And then I also mentioned before that in the beginning, I was doing cold email reach out and message reach out to just brands that I liked. And I would say like, you know, look, I'm, I'm just starting out and I'm building my portfolio. But if you guys have anything that you need done, like I would absolutely like love the opportunity to work with you. And that's how I got some of my first couple clients, just like tiny jobs where I barely got paid anything, but they were like really cool brands that I got to add to my portfolio. Yeah, I love that. And you know, I've actually hired a few people from <laughs> cold outreach too. So it's, yeah. it's not impossible, guys, if you want to start doing this, you know, starting small and then growing big is definitely the way to go if you have no experience yet or very minimal experience. Yeah, totally. Like, I think it just comes down to you have to just want it really, really bad. And I think that sometimes people will, you know, want to start an online business because they heard from their friend that, you know, it's the next best way to make money. But I think that unless you actually have the passion and drive and you know that this is like your purpose, yeah, you have to like be really committed because it's not easy. Like getting rejected a million times is, it's not fun. But yeah, the cold outreach is is definitely a tactic that was helpful for me in the beginning. Yeah. And it works. You know, it worked for yeah. you. I've hired people from it. So go for it. I think most of the time we are our biggest, you know, we're the biggest people that really stops us from going forward. So if you just take that first step, it's going to go somewhere. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So Chelsea, when you were deciding on where to go, because you obviously wanted to travel the world, why did you decide to go to Bali and to Asia? Good question. So after I graduated from university and I was sort of having that crisis of like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? I decided to go to Bali for three weeks. So that was in like November of 2017. So I went just for a vacation, had a really great time. And it's when I got back that I was like, you know, I don't want to be in North America anymore. Like I loved it there. And again, I like I said, I was really sort of soaking up all the information about, you know, being a digital nomad and then gradually sort of getting myself into design. So, yeah. <laughs> well, that's a really great place to be in. And there's so many digital nomads there. So I'm sure there's a lot of really great people and you have created a wonderful community because that's one of the biggest things, you know, when you're a digital nomad and especially if you're on your own, you need people who are doing something similar or at least people you can connect with when you're abroad. Completely. Yeah. Honestly, like I credit some of the friends that I met in Chiang Mai for actually like my success that I have today because I met two really good friends within my first couple of months of being there and they were the people who like sat with me and I remember very clearly one day me being too scared to like publish my business Facebook page because I was like, oh, you know, what are my friends at home going to think? And I just, I made my friend push the button for me because <laughs> I was so worried. Um, and yeah, these two friends just really helped me through, you know, the first couple hurdles of like having horrible client experiences and, you know, just all the little things that you don't expect when you're 
you're first starting to freelance. <laughs> That's definitely a scary step, especially when you're going to something unknown for sure. So Chelsea, when you are traveling abroad, what type of travel insurance do you use? Uh, World Nomads I've been using pretty much since the beginning. Perfect. Yeah, World Nomads is great. It's definitely a great provider. But I'm also grateful, especially now, because there's so many things that we're all going through, especially for the digital nomads and remote workers out there who are stuck in a location that they can't get out of because it's a crazy, crazy time in our world right now. And there's a lot of providers that exclude a lot of things, especially pandemics or natural disasters in their policy cover. So if anyone were to fall ill and need treatment for coronavirus or a similar future pandemic, they wouldn't be covered and would need to pay for their treatment themselves, which is ridiculous because you already have so many things that you're worried about. That's why I'm really glad to be working with Integra Global. They believe it's their duty to support their members in uncertain times like this and stand by them when they need Integra. They have no exclusions for pandemics or natural disasters in any of their plans. So if you guys want to know more, check out IntegraGlobal.com and see how they can give you the coverage you'll need and maybe some you never knew you would. This is something that has been in everybody's mind, even you know when we're at home when we do start to travel, we're so much more careful of the places we get coverage from because there's been a lot of insurance companies out there that didn't have them. And Integra had this coverage before coronavirus even hit us, So, which makes them really incredibly great. So oh, thank goodness for those little things sometimes, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I definitely had a lot of friends needing to fly home because they were worried about what would happen if if they got sick, myself included even. Yeah, it's it's a scary time and you know, we take that for granted because a lot of digital nomads are very young and we don't think that any of this stuff is going to happen, you know? And now it's a global pandemic and oh my goodness, it's like how do we stay safe? <laughs> Yeah, totally. Yeah. So Chelsea, let's fast forward to 40 to 50 years from now and you're looking back at your life. What legacy would you like to leave and what do you want to be remembered for? So in the future, I would like to sort of shift my business to be more of an agency model. So I'd really like to hire, you know, some junior designers and I'm also starting a coaching program for designers who are just starting out. 40 or 50 years is a long ways away. <laughs> but yeah, I'd like to be one of the bigger design brands and also just a source of inspiration for people who want to take a similar path to what I have. Yeah, that's a great thing to do, especially when you have the means to do it. You know, there's a lot of people out there that want someone like you, Chelsea, to be able to give them guidance that they need, especially during the time when you're so completely confused. And then you're the guiding light that you needed, you know, when you had that similar confusion in your life and you had the women around you that were really great and really helped you go through this and not be super scared like most of us in the beginning. <laughs> totally. Yeah. And I mean, in the beginning, I got a lot of my inspiration, like just from podcasts like this and hearing similar stories to mine now and thinking, well, you know, 
if they can do it, I can probably do it too. And like, if you're listening to this, like you can, because I did it. Absolutely. And there's, you know, we like to think sometimes that we're super special. And most of the time we don't, it's just persistence and just having real passion for it and not giving up is really the way to do it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Totally. Are you working on anything currently that is really exciting to you? I am. So I'm about to launch a store on my website, which will be semi-custom brand kits for smaller businesses, newer businesses who are on a bit of a budget. So they don't necessarily have the budget for custom design. So these will be like brand templates. So that's launching at the end of May and I'm really excited about it. And then also, like I said, I'm just launching a coaching program later this summer for new designers. And then I also have some really exciting like one-on-one custom design projects coming up. I think my favorite right now is I'm working with Naturopath and we're just working on creating a holistic online personal brand so that she can be serving her clients from all over the world and not just be limited to people in her city. That's amazing. I love all of these different projects that you have. And it's obviously just going to keep growing as you go. If our listeners want to know more about you, where can they find you? So I'm at Honey and Co Creative on Instagram, same on Facebook. And my website is www.honeyandcocreative.com. Perfect. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for being here with us and for giving us so many amazing insights into your business. Thank you for having me. I hope you enjoyed this interview with Chelsea. Make sure to visit theoffbeatlife.com. Again, that's theoffbeatlife.com to get the extended interview where she shares the importance of client identification when it comes to creating and growing a brand. Hey, listeners, thank you for listening to this episode. And I'm so thankful for your support. I would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and get suggestions on guests, topics we can discuss, and so much more. Feel free to reach out at hello at theoffbeatlife.com and let me know what you'd like to hear. If you like the show, don't forget to give us some love and review on iTunes. Thank you again for being a part of this journey, and I can't wait to hear how your location-independent story will unfold.